Life is full of events that leave you stiff, sore, tight. Think of the feeling you get after a good stretch. Looser, lighter, maybe even happier. Let's lengthen our perspective in life and celebrate our accomplishments together. The Buffer Stretch Podcast isn't just all about fitness. It's about actual people who are bettering their lives in our collective community. It's about coming together and getting inspired in your own life. It's for people who want to stretch their mind, body, and soul by tapping into their own potential and self-worth. And really cool down after the episode with a brief meditation that ties together the theme. Just a reminder, but first stretch. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken. Welcome back to But First Stretch. And if it's your first time, I am so glad that you are joining me. I know that people listen to this podcast from all over, but in the Philadelphia area, the days are getting longer, so long that when I leave to run at 5.30 a.m., I don't even need to use my light-up vest anymore. I truly am one that appreciates the light. I could totally do the cold of winter if it just gave me a little bit more light in the day. That being said, I ran my first half marathon since 2018. I was pretty surprised when I found out it was that long ago. In the time between 2018 and this past weekend, I had two babies and some of my running goals got thwarted from both being pregnant and from the pandemic. It was tough for me because truth to be told, I was hoping to run the full marathon in 2020 and had just finished a 20-mile run before the shutdown happened. And I couldn't defer anymore. They actually postponed the race to October, which would have been three weeks after I gave birth to my third. And just with being seven months postpartum, still nursing, and working full-time, I felt overwhelmed to train for the full. It really wasn't my race, but to be honest, it's definitely the race I needed. As a seasoned runner, I did forget some key elements. Since I normally run early, I did not bring sunscreen or a hat, which would have come in handy this past weekend. I also was wearing gloves and under armor all all the week prior, so I wasn't truly prepared for the temperature to be 60 degrees. And I was so excited to be running, I went out a little fast. And I'm really just looking forward to pacing myself better in the next run. And... As you know, one of the reasons I love running so much is that it really does kind of ground me into how I live my life and how I also need to be reflective both in my life and in how I run. And I do feel that, you know, with all of my pregnancies and all of my postpartum experiences, they've all been slightly different. And I think it's really important to honor that. I'm definitely not as strong as I was after my second but it's amazing how much stronger I am after my first. So I know that I need to shed some grace in how I'm doing at the current moment. And speaking of grace, I am so excited for this conversation on today's episode. Um, Our guest on But First Stretch this week is Andrea Gaudini. And she is founder of Grace and Valor Wellness. So Andrea and I met through Yoga Home, taking yoga. And we connected deeper when we both realized we were pregnant at the same time. So we took prenatal yoga classes together. And we also did baby and me yoga together once our baby girls at that point were 
in this beautiful world, and I'm just so excited to have her on today's episode. Andrea is a Philly-based full-spectrum doula, meal prep chef, and founder of Grace and Valor Wellness. She completed her doula training with birthing advocacy doula trainings and values a person-centered approach to reproductive care. She lives in East Falls with her partner, Jordan, and their daughter, Grace. When she isn't fangirling over her clients or chasing after Grace, she can be found hiking in the Wissahickon Trail and then enjoying a meal from a local food truck. So let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. The first portion of the podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guest. Hi, Andrea. Welcome. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background? Where are you from? And what led you to birth work, um, doula work, working with new families? Yes. So I am from Narberth, a small town in the Philly suburbs. I now reside in East Falls um, with my partner, Jordan, and our daughter, Grace. And um, during my pregnancy, I worked with a doula, right? And to be honest, I didn't even really know what a doula was at that point. But I had a friend who was a doula and asked if they would work with me, Um and through that experience, I really learned what a doula provided, um, information, education, and support that I honestly don't think I wouldn't have received if I had not worked with a doula. Um, my care provider throughout my pregnancy, delivery, postpartum was an OB, and I, was, I had a hospital birth. Um, in those final weeks of my pregnancy, my care provider tried to push me towards a path that wasn't really in my birth preferences. Like, as I worked with my doula, I was able to get a lot of information and, and get really clear on my preferences. Obviously, you can't control everything. Um, and they tried to push me down this path that really wasn't part of my preferences, not because it was medically necessary, but because it best fit with their schedule. And because of the education, the support that I had with my doula, I felt empowered to advocate for myself, to ask a few more questions as to why they were making this recommendation. Um, and it really opened my eyes up to know, to see that the support that a doula was, had brought me really landed me in a position of empowerment to call the shots in my experience. Um, I, I'm, Oh, I have a lot of, I'm someone with a lot of privileges, right? My skin is white. I had a pretty Hollywood quote unquote pregnancy. I have a home. I don't face food insecurity. I'm able-bodied. Um, and to think that, you know, the system was, is pretty much cut out for me to have a, a certain type of, to, to move through the system in a specific way. And I, I just came into doula work because when I would think about myself or just peers that maybe don't have those same privileges as I do, um, 
wanting to be able to provide that support to help people have, you know, their ideal pregnancy reproductive journey. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, having the experience personally and then finding that calling to work with others to hopefully support them in a similar process and journey is so awesome. Yeah, and, you know, the reproductive journey is going to look differently no matter who you are um, and what the type of care, excuse me, the care provider, the care or care providers that you're with. So it's so unpredictable, but just having support who has been through it and can help you navigate it is really honestly key. Yeah. So what's been the most rewarding part of your job? Yeah, so the most rewarding part is honestly hearing firsthand from clients the empowerment that the work that we do together brings them, right? When you get that text message after somebody delivers their baby and is like, I did it. I cannot believe it. This baby is here and I did this, right? Or hearing the little wins, like when people are able to open up conversations with their care providers that they didn't feel like they could have previously. Um, Really that, that client empowerment is so rewarding. Yeah. And what's, what's the most challenging So I feel like in this space, in birth work and in many spaces, the imposter syndrome is real, right? I often wake up or I'm about to have a conversation or I read an email and I doubt myself sometimes. Mm. How, how could I think that I am an expert in this space? How do, do I have enough experience? Is my experience relevant enough? Um, So really just navigating all of that is super challenging. Yeah, I think that has to be so hard. And, you know, it's they say, I guess, like not everybody is perfect for you and your skills aren't perfect for everyone, but your skills are needed. And that's why, you know, your this job is so important. Yeah. And and to that point, too, like having the self-knowledge or self-confidence to refer someone out, right? And I think you hit on that. If you're having a conversation with a – if I'm having a conversation with a client and I know I might not be the right fit for them, just being able to say, hey, I have have another colleague that actually might – you might like to work with and you might be a better fit with – let me refer you out and let me, you know, make that connection. Yeah. I love that. And that, I think that's challenging and humbling and a hundred percent the right thing to do. Right. Cause it's, 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 per, it's person centered care, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the meeting someone exactly where they are in their, again, reproductive journey and catering this, catering the services and the needs to them Mm -hmm. it's almost like weird to call it a service Mm -hmm. because it's so interpersonal but I guess in you know 
on paper, that's what it is. <laughs> um, so let's dive into this workout portion. Can you explain what your name means, Grace and Valor Wellness? Yes, yes. Um, so Grace is my daughter's name. Um, she's what led me to birth work and in part the name is in homage to her. Um, valor means courage in the face of danger. Um, and while I don't mean to liken the reproductive process to danger, I like to interpret it to be more like courage or empowerment in the face of adversity, Mm. um, or in the face of, you know, something that you're looking to navigate. Um, Valor is also my favorite essential oil blend. Um, that is just pure coincidence, but, um, the name fits together. Uh, oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Um, so you kind of touched in on this a little bit and I'd like, if you wouldn't mind to add a little bit more, why do you think having a doula is important? Yeah. From my perspective, having a doula is important because it is going to provide that person centered care, right? A doula in my experience and in my practice, the, the role of a doula is really to be there to provide that, um, unfiltered, unbiased, uh, information so that somebody can take that information and make the best informed decisions for them. And then having that doula again there to help them navigate situations, support them. Um, so, you know, while a lot of people have loved ones in their lives who go through different reproductive journeys, right there, you could probably find someone who's going through, um, conception or going through pregnancy postpartum. A lot of times the information that you're going to get is emotionally charged. It's going to be biased. Um, you know, not in a malicious way, but just in a way that that's, somebody speaking from their own experience Mm. where really having a doula is going to help give, again, give you that unbiased information to help meet your needs and your preferences. Cause that's going to vary. And it could even vary pregnancy over pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, labor over labor, postpartum over postpartum that could change. Um, and you know, having a doula as that support person can be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess this is a good question too. What services do you provide? Uh, What are your personal doula services? Yes. So right now I do, um, there's no like brief way to say it, but (laughs) basically uh, pregnancy, postpartum, pregnancy, labor and delivery, and postpartum prep, which is essentially – workshops and a relationship throughout that time period, um, to help provide that education, support, put together a birth plan and then provide postpartum support. So pretty much everything except for being there on site during labor and delivery. Um, in addition, I do provide meal preparation services where, um, I do a catered menu depending on what somebody's, 
anyone's um, meal goals or needs are um, and provide meals that can really just be heated up and um, eaten throughout the week. And that is not only for prenatal or postpartum folks, that's for really anyone who's looking to be nourished and have um, that support. Um, And then I always, you know, provide support for people who are going through pregnancy loss as well. Um, I think that one in particular is a little tricky to find support with, um, especially locally. So that's a service that um, I'm looking to grow a little bit more, but is something that I am offering now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like for all stages, it's so important to have, have so much support as you go through this. Yeah. Um, so what are the ways you balance your career with your family? Because this work is also, you know, very much hands-on, very much supportive of other families. How do you, um, find this balance between the two? It is so tough looking for all the tips. Um, I think it's really just the way I've been most successful is kind of carving out time, making sure that I have time dedicated to work and then dedicated to not being, you know, on my phone or, or on the computer. That said, I think birth work in in particular is, it happens at all times of the day or the night, right? Like there might be a, you may have a client who needs support in that moment. Um, so being able to have, um, preset expectations with clients on, you know, if an emergency comes up or if there's something that's super urgent, please call or text, but otherwise here are the time frames that we are best um, to converse and really, again, scheduling out time, um, to be with family. Mm-hmm. If you have any tips, I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a, it's a lot to juggle. You know, I think as, as anyone knows, it's like when you have work you're passionate about, but also your family that you're so passionate about, it's, it almost sometimes, I don't know, it's, I think there's a separation between both the career and family as well as sometimes having to blend them together a little bit, you know? That is so, yes. And I, (laughs) I, I love that you hit on that. And that kind of brings me back to the days that we were in pre or baby and me yoga that you're teaching and you had your baby, right? And, you're they again you're bringing that into your work um and I actually remember this is so funny because I remember having a conversation with my doula and when I was gearing up to go to I think probably one of my first baby me classes with Grace and I was like well what do I do if Grace cries and and they were like well you just parent like Mm -hmm. and and I remember my doula saying, well, what does Jen do when the baby cries? And I'm like, that's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you, so in that instance, like you were able to model that for everyone else, which was so awesome. I know. Sometimes I feel like too, and maybe it's just like how the last, like before I had kids, like I feel like having kids wasn't an active part of my life. So I think it's a shock for other people when there's like children around and I have three now. So they're like always everywhere doing things. You saw them the other weekend, (laughs) but like, I think it's important to kind of expose everyone to like that role. And it's, it's tricky. You know, there is a, there is a balance. There's times when it's professional and, you know, kids and work is separate, but it's always fun when you can blend the two together. Yeah, definitely. And this is actually a conversation that comes up a lot in the birth work community because our culture has often gotten away from that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of gatherings or parties, events that are adult only. Okay. But then how is that accessible for parents? Right. And there's, I think, you know, there's a time and a place for a parent to want a moment to go out and Mm -hmm. not have their children, but also, um, normalizing, like you're saying, coming along with your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Um, how, how can we get in contact with you? I'll definitely put the website in the show notes, but what about social media? Yes. So social media is at Grace and Valor Wellness. Um, and then my website is graceandvalorwellness.com. Perfect. And do you use, you use TikTok too? I don't. Okay. I'm not up on the times with that. I do a lot of uh, on Instagram, so Instagram, I feel like is a place that I really try and put content out for clients or prospective clients to get to know me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it's funny. It's also a place where I've heard, I've heard a lot of clients, family members and other support people be like, I learned so much in how to support X, Y, and Z from your Instagram. So <laughs> It's so good to hear that work. By no means is my Instagram anything super fabulous, but um, with that, I like to do a lot of reels. Yeah, okay. Which is probably why um, you mentioned TikTok, but they're actually kind of fun to do. Um, and yeah, I think people enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You're you're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm going to ask you my three wrap-up questions. Um, what stretches are you doing in your own life? And this does not have to be work-related, fitness-related. It could be whatever kind of stretching you're doing. Um, I, in stretching, I feel like I'm stretching out, I'm working out work-life balance boundaries, which I think we, we hit on. Um, so really trying to practice how to put up boundaries and, you know, time limits on things and such. I love that. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) You should do a reel on that one. Oh yeah. Maybe I, I think you're onto something there. (laughs) Um, what is something you're enjoying doing in your life for you? 
something I'm enjoying. I think we uh, we chatted about this a little bit off uh, off air, but I have a really restorative bedtime routine that I honestly look so forward to every day. I you know try and log off of my phone or computer screen about an hour before bed. Um, get in some re- some reading. Uh, I do like a little Theragun action and a sleep meditation, and it's been chef's kiss. Amazing. I'm so glad you shared that with everyone because I love I love your routine. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's it's definitely a practice and always a work in progress, but it's one of those things that it's like now that you know if you just commit to that, how well rested I am. It's hard to like not incorporate it. <laughs> um, do you have someone that you like to listen to for your sleep meditation? So I, I'm on Peloton. Um, so the, there's a few, um, there's a few instructors there. I like this, uh, Aditi, Chelsea and Cody. Mm -hmm. They're all on the Peloton app, which I think is actually, I think you can do like a month trial. People are wondering, um, about the classes check it out oh that's awesome and what's something you can't stop talking about okay we I took Grace to the most awesome play space like two weeks in a row it's called Lulu's Casita in Ardmore okay so we went to like they had like a spring party the one weekend with music and they had Mirabelle from Encanto there, yeah. Bubble Machine, the Easter Bunny. Oh my gosh, she could. She still hasn't stopped talking about how she was able to dance with Mirabelle. Oh. And um, <laughs> they have a play space too. So we went like an. I think the next week we went and they had a dance circle where like an instructor came and it's just such an amazing space. Small business, like I think it's family owned. Um, and just a really fun place to bring the kids. And they have really nice couches where the parents can chill and watch the kids play. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that. I've been to that. I haven't been to that place in like over two years now, but it's definitely a place we need to return soon. Yeah, maybe we'll have to meet up there. I think that's a great idea. I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really just been so fun to catch up, to hear about your work and life. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to have been on here and I love listening to your podcast. Thanks for doing it. And now it's time for our cool down meditation. So Andrew and I discussed our nighttime routines and how important they can be. We both love and ease into sleep meditation. And to be honest, this one's hard for me because I understand that meditation encourages you to stay present and to practice being in the moment. So sometimes I hesitate to bring this up because we encourage people to stay awake while trying to refocus their thoughts and be in the moment. So I will say I have experienced some excellent sleep when I allow myself to completely relax right before bed. 
And sometimes even if we're exhausted, the mind and body struggle shutting down all the tension that has accumulated throughout the day. So yoga nidra is a great practice to completely calm the body and mind and tap into the subconscious. It's important to stay awake during the practice. So I'm not leading a yoga nidra. I'm going to lead a sleep meditation and there will be a body scan part. So this is one you can do right before bedtime and you can even, you know, just let it go. So take a moment to get cozy in bed. Tuck yourself in. Maybe let the blankets cover you. And find yourself in a comfortable position. Prime for sleep. When you get settled here, take a deep breath in. And a long exhale out. Bring to mind something that you are grateful for today. Gently thank God or the universe for your day. You are here, and that is a gift to us all. And if the eyes aren't closed, gently allow them to close here. And just let yourself sink into your sleep space. Start to bring your awareness to your toes. Allow them to soften. Bring awareness to the feet. Allow your feet to relax. Notice the shins and calves. And let them soften. Bring awareness to your knees. Let your knees relax. Notice the front and back of the upper legs. Begin to release tension in the legs. Bring awareness to the hips. Release any tension in the hips. Bring your awareness to your low back. Allow your low back to soften. And begin to notice your belly. 
Release tension that you're holding onto in the belly. Bring awareness to your chest, your shoulders. Gently allow them to soften. Notice the upper back. Release tension from the upper back. Notice the neck and the throat. Allow them to soften. Bring awareness to the whole face. Allow it to soften. Bring awareness to the back of the head. Allow it to soften. Here, just noticing the whole body. Allowing the fingers and the hands to soften. Letting the elbows release down into the bed. From toes to fingers, all the way to the head. Find yourself relaxed. As you settle in for sleep. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. I hope you have a wonderful day.